This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel and a rather pleasant way of travelling today, Sally Lucas. I think it is and I think it's close to my guest's heart. I have Walter Nand on the air today and he's from APT Touring. He's the New South Wales ACT manager for them. And Walter, I think you have a bit of a soft spot for your topic today, river cruising in Europe? Oh, I absolutely love river cruising. Uh, I've been, I lived in Europe for a number of years, never ever did a river cruise. Recently went up and I've had the privilege of doing two and it is by far the best way of uh, of seeing Europe. I think it's a wonderful way because I think we've mentioned before, you, you're living or you're experiencing what people have lived the life as for years on rivers. Before we had roads and highways, people lived their whole life by the river. It was their means of transport and, you know, it, it was the only way they got around and they all lived on the, on the river banks. And I think this is why it's such a wonderful way, isn't it, of um, seeing Europe? Oh, exactly. And it's also um, a very relaxed way of going past some of the towns and villages before um, we get to our actual chosen destination. Yes. And you've still got those beautiful old villages and towns um, that we see as we meander down through the Rhine, the Mine and the Danube rivers. I think it's a fantastic way. I've only ever done a little short bit myself many years ago, but I was amazed by the, the castles and the vineyards when we were, I was doing a, you know, a section in Germany around Koblenz. And, um, you know, I, I just, it just blew me away. And I thought, wow, you know, this is what re- life is really like. Whereas up until then, I'd been touring around in a coach on autobahns and freeways where until you got into the little village, you weren't seeing all that much. But once you get on the river, it's a whole different ballpark, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of the beauties of being on a uh, river ship is, quite simply, you just unpack once. So you can actually relax for seven or 14 nights, depending on your itinerary. Yes. And you're not constantly having to pack and unpack uh, as you go along. And while you are on the ship, of course, you are getting that beautiful imagery of the, uh, as I said, the towns and the villages and those beautiful cobblestone streets as well as the castles. It's just magnificent. And, of course, you're ashore every day, as I said, as opposed to an ocean-going liner where you can be days at sea without seeing land. And also you do have that bit of a problem that some people suffer from, which is motion sickness, which you're not going to get on a river cruise, are you? No, you certainly won't get motion sickness. It's uh, Most of the uh, riverways like glass. We go through a lot of um, canal. Well, we're going down the canals, and they're all controlled by locks. So the waterways are actually very controlled. Yes. Uh, so you don't get that rocking motion that you do when you're on a bigger a cruise ship. Absolutely. And the vessels, how many passengers do they hold roughly on average, Walter? Um, well, our fleet of ships have 150 passengers maximum on board, so only 75 staterooms. Right. So it's, much, it's very, very different to an ocean liner where you've got, you know, 1,000, yes. 2,000 people on board. It's, very, it's a very intimate experience, uh, and yet there's enough space to be able to... Um, Find your own space on the ship, on the sun deck or in the lounges um, or indeed offshore. And sip a nice glass of the local wine while you're just cruising past this wonderful scenery. <laughs> oh, certainly. And we include red and white wine with dinner. So, oh, nice. You know, we cater for the Australian market, so you know we figure that with dinner it's always nice to have a taste of the, uh, the local region. Okay. And I thought we might just cover one of the itineraries, a typical itinerary, if you like, doing just the basic Europe for the, this part, and then we might move on to another part of Europe later um, in the next segment. But if you could just probably run through a typical, say, itinerary of about, say, a 15-day itinerary in Europe, like your Magnificent Europe. Absolutely. That, uh, in, in fact, that's our most popular itinerary, which is from Amsterdam to Budapest. And uh, we are going down the three rivers of the Mine River, the um, the Rhine, the Mine, and the Danube rivers. And um, 
It does take that uh, 14 nights, 15 days to do that sailing. The ships don't sail very fast. It's only about 10 knots. Mm-hmm. And along the way, we stop uh, at a number of towns and villages. And depending on the day, depends on how long we'll be sailing or how long we'll stay in a port of call. For example, if we're in um, a beautiful city like Vienna, we will spend as much time as possible. So typically the ship will dock at about 6 o'clock in the morning. We'll have breakfast. We'll go in, have a look around the heart of the city, and then you've got free time until about 11 o'clock at night when the ship departs. Of course, you can come to and from the ship, um, come back for lunch, come back for dinner, and then make your way back out into town again. And that's great. Sorry? As in, that's great, isn't it, that you've got that flexibility? Well, if you're you're just a little bit tired, you can come back and and rest up for a little bit um, over lunch and then go back out into town, and it does... uh, make it for a, a very special day as opposed to some of the other ways of travelling through Europe uh, where you are on much more of a tight schedule. Yes, of course, and, and it is often a tight schedule on a, on a coach tour, as we know. But even going back to sort of the ocean cruising, quite often, like a lot of the large vessels, cannot come right into port. So you're out, anchored out, and you have to come in and back by tenders. So your day ashore is pretty well limited and, I guess, more, um, you know, organised in as much as you haven't got that freedom that you would have on the river cruise. Oh, absolutely. Um, to get on and off the ship is simply just walking up a gangplank mm. and, uh, and you're on and um, everything is all included there. So you can just come back and relax and then, you know, recharge your batteries before heading back out into town again. Yeah, it's wonderful. On other days, on other days that we mix it up a little bit, um, we'll be in a small town or village. It might only take a few hours to explore that particular town or village, in which case we'll spend a few hours there, then we'll hop back on the ship, cruise down the river for a few hours, and then go to the next port of call and do um, a similar thing uh, at, at the next port. Yeah, it sounds a really day. wonderful way of doing it as far as I'm concerned, as you say. And even if you have been to Europe before, generally most people have been doing a coach tour, so it would be nice for their second or third time, whatever it may be, to go back and experience a river cruise. Oh, absolutely. And uh, one of the other highlights is that um, once you get on board the ship, uh, if you're boarding in Amsterdam or Budapest, really you're not paying for anything else um, apart from your own personal expenses because mm. everything is all included. Well, that's a great plus, uh, Walter, and we might just leave it there for the moment and we'll come back and talk about Russia in our next segment. How about that? Certainly. Love yeah. Russia. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7 and we're just cruising around some rivers in Europe at the moment, Sally Lucas. We are, and I just think this is another area that I'd love to go back to and only got a little glimmer of, which is Russia, an incredibly huge country and with lots of interesting places to see and visit and APT do a lovely itinerary there of 13 days luxury cruising called the waterways of the czars and that sort of conjures up all sorts of images of those czarist days doesn't it Walter? Oh it absolutely does. Um, Russia is just an unreal place to go and visit. There is so much history uh, Mm. in and around those waterways that um, we don't really know too much about um, as part of our history lessons. And once you get up there and you realise just how much history, it just absolutely blows your mind yes. um, how people have um, lived um, this way for such a long period of time. And I can imagine, not having done a river cruise there myself, but that life would be as it has always been in Russia. I would imagine like the people are living the life as they probably have for centuries, would you say, once you're going along the rivers? Is that what I'm imagining is correct or... Oh, indeed, it's um, of course the Western influence is coming in a bit more now. But um, being um, 
because we go to some of the smaller towns and villages as well, mm. it still is still got that old world charm to it that um, we don't get so much anymore. Mm. And it's nice to have that too. And of course, Russia's got a lot of lakes as well as rivers too. So, it, do you actually um, meander into any of the lakes, or is it just purely the river? It's mostly it's mostly on the rivers. Yes. Um, but um, I mean, we, we do go past uh, past a few, and again, um, just to try to take in all that scenery, um, I, I, it's very hard for me to explain, to be honest. <laughs> 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 it's it's um, when you you get a sense of being when you're up there. I guess would be the the best way to describe it. Mm. Coming into um, places like Kitsi Island, where um, you see the magnificent buildings that have been built uh, entirely without nails. Mm. And um, you know, when we find it hard enough to build something with nails nowadays, <laughs> I know it's built uh, built such a long time ago, and it's, it's just so clever and and uh, still standing and still standing, despite all of us coming and having a look and taking our photos. It's still there. It's still there, and of course, if you go to Moscow, I mean, the underground railway is just mind blowing. Have you ever done that? It's like a palace down below when you go on the underground railway in Russia. Oh, it is absolutely something to uh, make sure you take your camera when you're going to the underground. Sounds a bit odd. It does, but... but, uh, You certainly have to do it. Um, You haven't got all the graffiti around like we see in places around the world and even back here in Australia, but um, they are works of art, absolutely beyond a doubt. Yes, all the statues and marble, as you say, the cleanliness. You can't believe how clean a railway system could be. That's exactly, exactly (laughs) right. And Moscow itself is interesting, isn't it? I think with the Red Square and St. Basil's Cathedral and, of course, the Kremlin. I mean, what's inside that Kremlin? I mean, the jewels and the, the opulence of those Tsarist days is just amazing when you go through the Kremlin. And I think that's something that uh, comes as quite a, quite a shock to many of our passengers going up to Russia for the first mm. time is that there was so much wealth and is so much wealth up there that uh, isn't so obvious necessarily. No. And then you go in and you do see uh, places dripping in gold, and um, then you see the contrast of that with some of the the older buildings. Mm. Uh, and it is certainly a land of of great contrast, and emerging so as well. And as you said, standing out, uh, you know, mm. having a look at the Kremlin, having a look at St Basil's, mm. um, standing in Red Square, and just understanding even in recent history what that all means. Yes. Um, gives you, uh, um, as I said earlier, it gives you a sense of being and. Um, understanding what really happens in our world. Yes. And, I mean, it's a wonderful trip from St. Petersburg through to Moscow, and that's about, a, what, a 13-day itinerary, isn't it? It is. It's 13 days, and um, it, it's such a, a contrasting trip as we go down through those waterways, going from one major city to the next. And the ship itself is... Um, I have to compare that against with our river ships in Europe. Yes. Our river ships in Europe are on that five-star level. Right. When you come up to Russia, they're more on the three, three-and-a-half-star level. Yes, I understand. Um, but the staff on board are second to none. They mm. are just fantastic. Love to show you around um, wherever we stop. And mm. um, our feedback has always been just so fantastic with the way that everyone's treated by the Russian staff. I can uh, attest to that when I went down to Antarctica a few years ago. You know, it was a Russian, uh, you know, vessel, small Russian vessel with Russian crew, and, and their attention to us was absolutely wonderful and even assisting us and getting on and off the rubber duckies. And, you know, so I can say what you're saying about the Russian staff. Um, they were very, very caring, and I can imagine that would be the same on your river cruises. Oh, absolutely. They have um, a certain... Um, 
sense of pride uh, about the fact that we are coming all the way, particularly from Australia, yes. coming up to uh, to the top end of the world just to come and have a look yes. at uh, at their home, uh, essentially. It's, it's and right. The, um, one of the highlights of, of our tours typically is having a meal with the Russian family. Oh, we nice. We go into their homes. We go off the ship and we actually go into their home and, and we share a meal with them and we can actually chat with the Russian family in one of the towns um, just about what their life is like and what it has been like. Wonderful. So that's an, an eye-opener. That is an eye-opener. So I hope we've tempted people today uh, with both the Russian side of cruising and just the Central European cruising, Walter, and I do thank you immensely for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to come on the show today. So thanks again, Walter. My pleasure. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7.